to the preaching and teaching ministry of Marion Oaks Assembly of God in Ocala, Florida. We invite you to open your Bible as we join Pastor Tim McIntyre for today's message for Bible study. I often start my sermon with a question to get you thinking along the lines of what I believe God wants us to talk about today. But today I'm going to do a little bit different. I want to tell you a story, not literally a story story like this happened a long time ago in a land far, far away, but something that happened to me. True story. Yesterday, yesterday was a nice day. It was not an extraordinary day. It was a very enjoyable day for me. I came to the church and worked in the office for a little while, then went out to lunch with my wife and our daughter, who's come to be with us for a while. And then after lunch, my daughter and I spent the afternoon together. We ran an errand, and then we went and rode our bikes for a good long ride in the woods on the trail and had a wonderful time. Um, We spent a couple of hours out there laughing and talking, talked about a lot of stuff, talked about some important stuff, talked about some stuff that wasn't so important, We laughed a lot. We told jokes. We saw animals. People asked me, do you ever see animals on the trail? I've never seen a bear, although they're there. I've seen plenty of snakes, none yesterday. Lots of squirrels. Yesterday, the deer were out. We saw six, seven, eight deer. And our daughter was able to get within just maybe 20, 30 feet of one. It was just very, very calm. But we had a wonderful time just being together. And then we came back. And then last night, the three of us, myself, my wife, our daughter, we just sitting around the living room. I was kind of making some final tweaks on my sermon notes. And they were doing various things, kind of each of us doing our own thing. But every once in a while, we'd share something with one another, a funny story, a funny picture or whatever, or a little question or comment or whatever. But it was just a really, really nice day for me. Now, you may be sitting there saying, okay, pastor, what does this have to do with the sermon? I'm not going to tell you right now, but it'll become clear in just a little bit. It has a lot to do with what I believe. I need to slow down. I don't know why I'm going so fast, but what I believe God wants us to hear today. Okay. Last week, we started just a very short sermon series I've called Always. Always. All right. The passage we're going to look at today in 1 Thessalonians, Paul tells us about three things that we should always do or always be. Three things that should be a part of our life, their attitudes, their mindsets, their their things that we are involved in that should always be happening, that we should always be doing, that we should always be involved in. And these things are crucial to maintaining and having a great relationship with God, but also in facing our world and the difficulties that we face in our world and to be able to do that with victory. Last week, we talked about the first one, which is actually the third one in the passage, and that's always thankful. We talked about that leading up to Thanksgiving. Next week, we're going to talk about always joyful. And today, we're going to talk about always prayerful. Always prayerful. We're going to be looking, it's just a couple of short verses, but First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. Paul founded this church, a great persecution broke out. He had to flee the city. The new believers there were continuing to face great persecution. Not only that, but they'd lost some loved ones. They were uncertain about the future. They were having great difficulty. Sounds sort of like our lives, facing difficulty. And Paul wrote to encourage them. And lots of things that he talked to them about. But right in the middle of his ending comments are these three statements. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. 
What he says here is that I should always be, and, and you too, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a relationship with God, that we should always be joyful. We'll talk about that next week. We should always be prayerful. We're talking about that today. We should always be thankful. It should be our lifestyle. Something that characterizes us and that we can know that this is so significant that he states that this is specifically God's will for us. This is something God wants for us. So today we're going to look at that short phrase titled always prayerful, but pray without ceasing. Chances are you've heard that phrase before, pray without ceasing. And maybe you have wondered what exactly does that mean? What does it mean to pray without ceasing? Because what it sounds like is that I should be praying, and if I take it literally with what just is on the service, I should be praying 24-7. It's like, when do I sleep? When do I eat? I mean, I can eat between sentences, I guess. How do I do this while I'm working or I'm going to school or doing the other things that are my responsibilities in life? What what does this pray without ceasing mean? Well, well, please understand that this is just a way of expressing that this is significantly important and it needs to be part of your life and every part of your life. It's not talking about that we should be on our knees if that's the way we choose to pray 24-7. It doesn't mean that we walk through life or go through life, walking, driving, whatever we're doing, kind of muttering under our breath, constant words of expiration. Uh, exp- um, anyway, you know, to God. Sorry for the brain freeze. That's not what it's talking about. But it's talking about this frequent, natural conversation that we can have with God all throughout the day. It's basically saying that if we have a relationship with God, we are aware of that relationship no matter where we are, what we're doing, or what's going on around us. So today, I just want to share with you some very specific thoughts. As I meditated on this passage of Scripture, some very specific thoughts, some very specific truths that come out of this phrase, pray without ceasing, being prayer for always, that are based on Scripture, but also I want to back it up and illustrate it with examples from my own life, and then we'll wrap it all up at the end with some practical suggestions on how you can implement this or continue to implement this in your life. So that by the time we get to the end, if you commit yourself to doing that, you will be prayerful always. You will be able to pray without ceasing, fulfilling that aspect of the will of God for you, and it will deepen and strengthen your relationship with God. So what are these thoughts that come to my mind based on Scripture, but also I see in my own life? First of all, that when we talk about praying without ceasing, It's about a continual awareness of God's presence. A continual awareness of God's presence. I think we all understand that God is everywhere, so God is always with us, we're always with God, but we're not always consciously aware of that. Go back to the story I told you at the beginning of my day yesterday, that time that I spent with my daughter We were together continuously for four or five hours and off and on for the rest of the day. But I was continually aware of her presence. And she was continually aware of mine. When we were on the bike ride, most of the time we were kind of riding side by side, but then somebody would be coming the way. I'd drop back or pull forward. There were other times going faster or slower. She'd be in front of me. She'd be behind me. But I was always aware of exactly where she was. And she was with me. And I was with her. And I couldn't help but relate that to my relationship with God. There are times that I'm talking with him and I'm trying to listen to him. There's other times I'm doing something else and he's there, but it's not his focus. But I'm always aware that he is with me. He's with me. Now, I know this is different. You know, I was aware of my daughter's presence because I could see her. <laughs> you know, if I want to be close enough, I could touch her. But That's not necessarily the same with God because he is a spiritual being, but it doesn't make it any less real. We have that promise of God in Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave you or forsake you. And there are so many times we need to cling to that promise. We may not 
sense his presence. In fact, most of the time we will not sense his presence in any physical way. There are times we may sense his presence in our spirits, in our soul, in an internal sort of way. But there are many times we go through, we don't even sense anything special along those lines. But that's where you need to stand on the promises of God's word that he will never leave you nor forsake you. We most often need to want to stand on that promises when we're going through difficulty. God, are you really here? You know, where are you at? Why are you letting this happen? And that's a subject for another time. We've talked about it many times and we will talk about it again. But he is with us. But if you're like me, sometimes that can make you a little paranoid. I don't know that I always want God looking over my shoulder. Because he sees not only the good, but he sees the bad. He sees the times when we praise him. He sees the times when we're seeking him. He sees the times when we're trying to walk in obedience. But then he sees the times when we slip, when we fall. People who don't have a relationship with God would like to deny that he exists. And the fact that they have an accountability before a God who is holy and righteous And has a claim on our lives for that very reason. But you know, even as believers, sometimes like, "Mm, but can I tell you that that's, that's actually a good thing. Because this assurance and this sense of God's presence with us, it can help us in our struggle, our desire. And hopefully that's your desire. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you have a relationship with God because you have repented of your sins and you put your trust in Jesus, our desire should be, God, I want to please you. I don't do it perfectly, but knowing that God is always with us can help us with that. Not just because we get the idea of, well, God's always watching. But because we know that God is there to help us to stand strong. And he's there to pick us up when we fall. And to forgive us when we repent, if we've sinned. So this praying without ceasing... It has this idea of a continual awareness of God's presence. Again, if we have that personal relationship with God because we put our trust in Jesus Christ, we know God is our Father. And God is a good Father. Not everybody had a good relationship with their Father. And if you didn't, I'm sorry. But you know, even though you didn't have a good relationship with your father, what a good father should be like, because that's what you're comparing it to. And as that song says, God is a good, good father. He is the ultimate good father. And as the good father, God loves us as his children. He wants what is best for us. He's always actively working in our lives for our behalf to bring about good, even in the midst of the bad, even the difficult things, even the stuff that we go through, whether we bring it on ourselves or we just suffer because we live in a fallen world and the people around us make poor choices, sometimes even evil choices. We talked about it a little bit last week, that God can even bring good out of that as we cooperate with him, surrender it all to him. But God is a good father. And we've got that assurance that he is always With us. We can have fellowship with God. We can enjoy being in his presence. Not just being in a service like this where we had a great time of worship. But every day. Just like I enjoyed being with my daughter yesterday. I think she enjoyed being with me too. She acted like it. We can just enjoy being with our father. And you know the better our relationship is with God our Father, the better our communication with Him is. And you might say, you know, I'm working on that, I'm trying that, but I just don't know that I do it very well. Don't give up. Keep growing, keep learning. Can I tell you, I'm still growing and learning in my prayer habits and in the way that I go about doing that. But I can tell you that the more that you do it, the better you get and the more uh, closely related you feel. And it's one of those things that I don't do it well enough, but I got to do it to get better, like most areas of life. So praying without ceasing involves a continual awareness of God's presence, no matter what you're doing. 
A second thing is it's a continual appreciation of God's goodness. A continual appreciation of God's goodness. No matter what we go through, no matter what we struggle with, no matter what we suffer. You know, Paul was writing to a suffering church. But he tells them not only to be prayerful, but to be joyful and to be thankful. We talked about one last week, one again next week. And they can do that because even in the difficulty, God is still good. God is still good. David put it this way in Psalm 34, verse 1. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, when he says that, that's very similar, similar to pray without ceasing. Does that mean that David went around all the time with his hands raised? Yeah, David was a very expressive individual. He, you know, it says that one time David was worshiping God and he was just dancing around and all kinds of, you know, probably stuff that we would look at and say, that's a little crazy, you know? Does that mean that's all he did? No, it's just saying, this is my lifestyle. My lifestyle is that whatever I'm doing, being a king, you know, fighting a battle, you know, with God's army, whatever it is I'm doing, I'm praising God because God is so good. It's a continual appreciation of God's goodness. You know, we're talking about pray without ceasing. We could adjust that a little bit and still fit with the topic and make it praise without ceasing. In fact, that's kind of what we talked about last week when we said always thankful that that's part of our lifestyle, that we're always thanking God for his goodness. And this is so important also when we talk about our prayer life. Because if you ask most people what prayer is, a lot of them will say, well, it's coming to God and asking him for something. And prayer does involve that. And God welcomes us to come to him and ask him for or about anything. Whatever we care about, he cares about. But if our prayer life, if our conversation with God is only about asking him for stuff, it's not healthy. And I'm not going to try to speak for God, but I know as far as I'm concerned, if the only time I had a conversation with a person is whenever they decided they wanted to talk to me because they wanted to ask me for something, that'd be kind of irritating. And it definitely would indicate that we don't have a very good relationship. Now, I can't remember on our bike ride yesterday if my daughter asked me for anything. I know she didn't ask me for a million dollars. I'd have remembered that. I mean, in the course of this, she may have asked me to hand her something, do whatever, or asked me to do this or do that or the other. And, and, but I can tell you as her father, if she asked me for anything that I had the capacity to give to her and I believe it's good and it would be good for her, I would do it. Same thing's true for God, but that's not the sum total of our relationship. It should be, or should include anyway, the appreciation of his goodness. To thank him and to praise him because he is so good. So praying without ceasing is not just the idea of coming to God and asking him for this and asking him for that. And, you know, and we can do that. We should do that all through the day. We have a need. But it's to thank him for what he's done. Another thought. It's a continual practice of talking to God about anything and everything. Talking to God about anything and everything. Say, no, we can't do that. We need to only talk to God about spiritual things. No. We have a relationship with a heavenly father. He's interested in the things we're interested in. We might get the idea, well, I can't bother God and take up his time with stuff that's not that important. You don't take up God's time. God's outside of time. I don't understand it. I don't know if I ever will, even when I get to heaven. But God has the capability of giving me his 100% attention all the time. And at the same time, he can give you his 100% attention all the time. And if I start talking about something that's not really important, he'd rather not I talk about it. He can let me know that. But I think he'd much rather that I stay in communication with him on a regular basis than not do it at all or just sporadically. This continual practice of talking to God about anything and everything. Again, that time I spent with my daughter, we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about some serious stuff about her job, you know. We, we talked about some lighthearted stuff. We made jokes. We laughed. Talked about everything that came up. 
Keep in mind, though, that prayer is not just talking to God. It really is a conversation. We need to listen, too. And that's a different subject we need to deal with another time. But just to say that we need to be very careful that we're not doing all the talking about, that we're we're listening. And, and we learn to try to hear that still, small voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. But the primary way that God speaks to us is through his word. And that's why we talk a lot about the fact that it's so important that we spend time every day praying, talking to God, and in his word, allowing him to talk to us. You know, it's entirely appropriate. So as you're going through life, you're just driving down the road and say, God, I'm having a pretty good day and I thank you for that. You know, I've been thinking about this lately and just kind of explain what you're thinking about and say, God, what do you think about that? To talk to him about the things that make you happy, to talk to him about the things that make you sad, to talk to him about the things that worry you. Say, well, Christians aren't supposed to worry. I know, but we do anyway, don't we? And that's how we deal with it, by talking to God. I think I'm going to read it later. Yeah, I am. Where Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but go to God in prayer, you know? God, I know that I don't need to worry because you're in charge, but Lord, I am worried, so here it is. Talk about the things that get you down. They get you depressed. Talk to him about anything and everything. Ask him what he thinks about things. A continual practice of talking to God about anything and everything. Can I tell you, it's a whole lot easier to pray without ceasing when you realize, oh, I can come to God with anything? It doesn't just have to be a spiritual thing. It doesn't have to just be, you know, like confessing a sin or asking for something or... You know, something like, no, you can talk to him about anything just like you would anybody else. I know it's a little bit strange. You know, it used to be that you wanted to be very careful if you're doing this in your car driving down the road because people driving next to you would see you talking and nobody else being in the car. That's not a concern anymore. Everybody's got their Bluetooths and everything else in their phone. So everybody talks like that and you, you see somebody talking in the cars. Oh, they got, they're on their Bluetooth. They're on their phone. You know, whatever. So, so you're safe. Talk to God all the time about anything, about anything, about everything. Everything that concerns you, that's of interest to you. The one I've already mentioned is comes very natural. Is it's a continual practice of bringing our needs to God, of bringing our needs to God. Now, this comes natural because if we're in need, we think God can supply, God can provide, God can do something about it. We want to go to God and, and thank God that we can do that. But you know what? Don't just come to him during the crises. Come to him and ask him for his help with everything. Another great way to work this into your day and this praying without ceasing. I do this all the time. You know, I'm sitting at my desk. I'm getting ready to prepare next week's sermon. Say, God, you know, I want to bring your word. Would you please guide me and lead me? Help me as I study, you know, speak to me and and help me to find the the right stuff and reveal the stuff from your word and and, uh, pray it a lot throughout the week. Lord, help me to get what I've learned and, and, and get it organized in a way that's easy to present and people to receive and hopefully remember and to apply. And Lord, help me to think of ways to to make this not just a great spiritual truth, but how do they apply this to our lives? Where I'm getting ready to make some phone calls. You get ready to call somebody. Lord, would you just guide this conversation? Especially if it might be a difficult one. But Lord, I'm going to call somebody just to see how they're doing and encourage. Lord, work in their encourage. Help me to be encouragement to them. Whatever it is that I might be getting ready to do, and I may feel fully capable of doing it all by myself. Say, God, would you help me? Would you help me with this? In fact, I just said I may be fully capable of doing it all by myself, but you know, none of us can do anything by ourselves. Paul once told the Athenians, I think it was, in him we live and move and have our being without God's presence and power at work within our life. We wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be able to function if it wasn't for the breath that he puts within us. So in a very real way, this is just a recognition of our dependence upon him. Our dependence upon him. Just give you two scriptures to kind of Cement this into place. First Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your cares or your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We can cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. Everything that burdens us, everything that weighs us down, everything that, that hits us, that hurts us. 
And the one I mentioned a few moments ago, Philippians chapter four, verses six to seven. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Bring all of it to him. Bring all of our needs. Just a little sidebar here. I'm thinking about praying about, I know I did this series called Always, and it's on these three things. Always joyful next week. Always prayerful today. Always thankful last week. But you know, all three of these things are tied to God's peace. So if God allows me and God leads me to, I may do a fourth message called Always Peaceful. It won't be from the passage we're looking at here in 1 Thessalonians, but it ties it all together because when we live this life, When we get this into our lifestyle of joyfulness and thankfulness and prayerfulness, we have peacefulness. Any of you want peace? You like peace? Yeah, I I may go that way in a couple of weeks. The next thought is a continual practice of bringing the needs of others to God. A continual practice of bringing the needs to others to God. James tells us in James 5.16, pray for one another. You know, the exhortation is throughout Scripture. The example is all throughout Scripture. We shouldn't just pray for ourselves, but we should pray for each other. So many ways we can do that. Not just because somebody asks you to, but like even in the service this morning when Pastor Jan was up here and she was leading us in prayer, that that phrase, that way of describing leading us is very descriptive. I don't know how many of you were all involved, how many of you were perhaps just there, and those of you maybe watching online were just there, and it's like, okay, she's praying, so I'll just be quiet until she's done, and this is important. And maybe how many of you were just kind of agreeing with her? That's what we call agreeing with someone in prayer, that when a request was mentioned, yes, Lord, do that. Yes, Lord, touch that family because they've lost a loved one. Your list, yes, touch that person that needs the healing. Your, you know, that's what it means. I don't know if anybody's been doing it, but another thing you can do is pray all throughout the whole service. You could be praying for me like, God, help them to preach better. Help them to do a good job. Help them to get it out a little bit later. Help them to get done. Some of you are afraid to laugh. I welcome your prayers. I know many, many people do pray for me, even during the sermon. Praying for people. There may be an official prayer request. We have a prayer chain, and you can be a part of that, where someone calls the prayer chain with a need that's come in, and it's passed down to a whole big group of people, and they begin to pray right then. You could make it a habit that as soon as you hear about somebody in need, that you just start praying for them. I know a habit many people have is they hear a siren or they see an emergency vehicle, fire truck or ambulance go by to immediately pray for whoever they're going to try to help or whoever they've just come from helping. When someone says, hey, uh, I heard about so-and-so and I want to pass this along that we need to be praying for them because of that to say, you know what, let's pray right now. Or somebody asks you personally, hey, I would like you to pray for me. I got this surgery coming up. I'm sorry, do you want me to tell a little joke about that? Just to break things up a little bit. So this guy came down to the altar and asked, the, it just came to me, and asked the prayer, pastor to pray for him about his hearing. And so the pastor said, I'm going to do it right now. And he laid his hand on his ear and he started praying, Lord, just clear this up, blah, 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 blah. And he prayed for a while, really felt like God was touching him. He says, well, how's your hearing now? He says, I don't know, my hearing's not till 10 o'clock on Tuesday. So anyway, be sure you know what you're praying about, but the good news is God always knows. I just threw that out there to kind of break it up. Anyway, um, somebody says, hey, could you pray Pray for him right then? That's my habit, you know, because, uh, and I always add this in, like, God, remind me to pray for them later, you know, because then it's on God to remind me. Now, if it's really important, it needs to be an ongoing, I'll write it down, type a note, whatever. But I'm just saying, do it, do it. You can be reading the news, watching the news. Something pops up. Pray about it. Pray about it. Social media. 
Some people love social media. Some people just check it every once in a while. But you're going through and you see this post from a friend or whatever. Start praying for that friend. You get a text. You get an email. Start praying for them. You're going to send a text. You're going to send an email. Start praying for them. You see, it can become something that's like, oh my, I am doing this all day long. I'm learning to pray without ceasing. You're going to have a meeting. Pray beforehand. It may not even have anything to do with spiritual things, but if it's a brother and sister in Christ, say, hey, before we start talking, can we pray first? You know, it might make your meeting go better. You make a phone call to a friend just to chat about things. And again, can we pray together? A continual practice of bringing the needs of others to God. And the last thought, and, and you may come up with some of the thoughts on your own that now that you're meditating on it and thinking about this, that what it stirs in your spirit is a continual practice of surrendering ourselves and our circumstances to God. It's a great way to learn to say, God, I want your will to be done in my life. So as you go through life, as you go through your day, you're praying throughout the day about anything and everything to throw in there. And God, what do you want me to do about this? God, how should I respond to this situation? God, what do you want me to say? God, maybe even more importantly, what do you want me not to say? I'm thinking it, but you don't want me to say it. But God, I want your will to be done. What is your will? What's your will in this situation? What's the best thing according to your plan for me to do or to say? Now, this type of prayer was so natural to Paul that he constantly wrote about it. The next time you read through the epistles of Paul, the letters of Paul, from Romans all the way through the Timothys and all those, okay? Notice how much time he talks about praying and not just praying, but Constantly praying, consistently praying. Let me just give you a couple here, okay? He mentions that it's his personal practice. First Thessalonians 1, 2, he says, we, because he's always talking about him and his fellow travelers, we give thanks always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. First Thessalonians 2, 13, and we also thank God constantly for this. First Thessalonians 3, 10, we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see your face, see you face to face. 2 Thessalonians 1.11, to this end we always pray for you. Romans 1, 9 and 10, without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers. So he practiced it, but he taught other people to do the same thing. Obviously the scripture that we're looking at today, but in Romans 12.12, he says rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Ephesians 6.18 says praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. Colossians 4.2, continue steadfastly in prayer. So hopefully by now you've kind of gotten an idea of what does this thing mean when it says pray without ceasing? Always be prayerful. And, and it's broadened perhaps the horizons of what that exactly means. It's not just always thanking God and it's not just always asking God for things, but it involves Pretty much anything and everything. It, it's just we're with our Heavenly Father and we're going to talk to Him just like we would if we were with somebody else physically that we have a relationship with. Let me just give you some practical suggestions. I know I've given a couple as we've gone along, but let me give you some more, okay? First of all, learn to pray. That's just general. This is one of the areas a lot of believers struggle with. How do I pray? Learn to pray. The best way to learn to pray is to do it. Even if you don't feel like you say all the right things in the right order, doing it right, do it. Read the prayers of the Bible. Study the prayers of the Bible. The Lord's Prayer, what's called the Lord's Prayer, is a great place to start because Jesus gave that not just as a short prayer to memorize and to say to get it over with, but he gave it as an outline of the things that we should pray about. You know, if you take the Lord's Prayer and break it down phrase by phrase and meditate on each phrase and then pray what that phrase is talking about for yourself and for others, you could fill up a good long time of prayer just going through the Lord's Prayer. Study the prayers of Paul. There's a bunch of good ones. You know, just like if you want to get in shape and so you start working out or if you've injured a muscle and you've got to get that use back and so you went through rehab and you work that, you exercise that, that muscle is going to gain strength over time. It's not going to happen overnight. 
The same thing is true of our relationship with God and with our prayer life. The more we exercise it, the stronger it'll get. The more clarified it'll get. So learn to pray. Number two, have a specific time to pray. Now you might say, well, pastor, doesn't that kind of go just opposite of what you just said about pray without ceasing? Well, I'm just telling you that we should never use the idea of praying without ceasing and developing that habit in our life to excuse us from having a specific time that we give God our total focus. And as I said, it's best to do that together with God's word because that's the conversation, okay? We pray, he speaks. We pray, he speaks. Yes, we need to learn to pray without ceasing, but it should be on a solid foundation of that time, sometime during the day when it's like, okay, God, I've been trying to pray as I go through the day. That can be a little distracting, but that's okay. I'm walking with you and we're talking and stuff, but this is my time just to be totally and completely focused on you. Here's what I've got to say, and Lord, I want to hear what you have to say. That leads into the third one, pray while reading your Bible. Again, those things go hand in hand. What I try to practice, and, and I say I try, I don't have any of this stuff perfect yet, okay? I'm still working on it. I'm still growing in it. So I've got my Bible reading plan, and, and I'll be sitting there reading my Bible, and I'll read a little bit, and then I'll think about it. That's what meditation is. By the way, meditation is not something that originated in Eastern religions It was in God's word long before then. Meditation just means to really think about something. Okay? And so I'll read a little bit of my passage for the day and I'll think about it and I'll pray. and I'll say, God, what does this mean if I'm not sure? And he may not tell me exactly right then, but it's like, God, I really would like to know what that means. So would you show me? And I may have to do some research and stuff, but whatever. Or I know what it means to say, well, how does that apply to my life? And he begins to speak to me, not only what the, the, the truth that's there, but how it applies to my life. And then once he does that, it's like, well, Lord, help me to do that. Especially if it's difficult or especially if I don't want to. Okay? So that's how you read your Bible and pray back and forth and back and forth. It can be very, very rewarding. It can bring your Bible reading to life. So pray while reading the Bible. Number four is very simple. Get in the habit of beginning and ending your day in prayer. If you're going to learn to pray without ceasing throughout the day, start it that way and end it that way. I've gotten to where I wake up every time I wake up. I'm at that point in my life where I wake up several times before I get up. But every time I wake up early in the morning before the alarm goes off, I don't have to get up yet. If I'm awake enough to realize it, I talk to God. All right? But when I do get up, a lot of times I'll be making the bed or doing whatever I got to do. And I'm talking to God. I say, hey, God, here's a new day. You know, help me to walk closely. That's something I pray a lot. Lord, help me to walk closely with you today. And I just start talking to him about the things of the day. So begin the day. End the day. We're almost at 100%, but not quite because every once in a while it slips by. But every night before we go to sleep, my wife and I pray together to round out the day. Then usually I'll read a little bit before I go to sleep, but I try even when I'm done reading to still end that part right before I go to sleep with just saying something to God. Begin and end your day with prayer. And then what we've been talking about, number five, pray throughout the day. Pray throughout the day. As I like to pray, Lord, help me to walk closely with you today. And that's basically my way of saying, God, you're always with me, but help me to be aware of that and take into account your presence no matter what I do and what I say. And so... As you're going through your day, whenever you think about it, just talk to God. You know, there's something I do primarily on Wednesdays, but sometimes I do it on other days. Um, Wednesday I've set aside as a special day, not only to get ready for Wednesday Bible study, but to really try to seek God uh, more diligently and more in depth. I start the day with a prayer meeting. There's a couple people that meet with me on Wednesday mornings and we pray together. But then I set the timer on my Phone. Now, I can do this because of what I do and where I'm at. You may not be able to do this where your job is and, and school and stuff, but I set the timer on my phone for every half an hour, the 30-minute timer. And when that timer goes off, if I can, I stop what I'm doing, and if I have to, I get up from my desk so I'm not distracted by what's in front of me, what I've been doing, and I spend a minute or two, sometimes five, just praying, just praying. Then I go back to work, you know, and on my timer, instead of I don't hit cancel, I hit repeat, just set it for 30 minutes. 
So 30 minutes later, it's going to go off. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just saying it works for me. I've gotten to where I do it on other days that I'm by myself in the office. So pray throughout the day. Pray while you're doing other things when you can. Pray when you're shaving. Pray when you're putting on your makeup. Um, so that may take longer for some than others, but that's a good prayer time. Pray while you're driving. You know, there's a big word, been big for the last couple of years, called trigger. Certain things trigger people. It's used in a negative way, like something happens and because of your past or what you've experienced, it triggers you. Try to develop prayer prayer triggers, a positive prayer trigger in your life. What do I mean by that? I mentioned one earlier. When you're reading the news, I don't usually watch the news. I read it. But I've gotten to where I'm, I'm a couple times a day, I'll pop on and check a news site, and I'll just glance through. But I've gotten in the habit of if somebody's in a situation, you know, been praying a lot for Israel lately, you know, been praying a lot for Hamas, that they come to know Jesus, you know, been praying about a lot of other things, people I don't even know, people I've heard their names because I'm seeing it in the news, I mentioned social media, you know, whatever, something. You're just praying. Develop the prayer triggers. I'm not just reading this. I'm not just trying to get information. I'm not just trying to connect. But I am connecting with God about that situation. When someone catches your attention. This happens all the time when I'm driving down the road. When I drive down the road and I see somebody in the corner, they're asking for money and this, that, and the other. I immediately pray for them. Sometimes I'll be driving along and I'll see somebody that's not asking for money, but they just stand out to me. I'll just start praying for them. We've shared with you that something we've developed that um, has just become a habit. As we go to a restaurant, we sit down, we place our order, and before the server walks away, just, hey, we're going to pray for our food. Is there anything we can pray with you about? Opens great doors. Develop prayer triggers, things that you always do in your life, but somehow you can now associate it with prayer. Okay? Number six, I mentioned this a little while ago. Pray with your spouse if you're married and with your family. Pray with them. That pretty much explains it. Well, let me just say this. This is really weird. Okay? My wife and I got married, and it wasn't too long after that we entered into ministry, but it wasn't until we were in ministry for, I don't even know how long, five, six, seven years. It wasn't until it been that long before we really started praying together. I mean, yeah, we prayed over the food, prayed for our kids when they went to bed and all that kind of stuff, but to really get together and say, let's pray together. I don't know why that was. It was weird. I think it was an enemy just trying to put a block in our lot in my life. You know, I'm the spiritual leader of my home. I should have just said, hey, let's do this, you know. As a pastor, I could get up and pray in front of all kinds of people. For some reason, I had a hard time praying with my wife. I wouldn't even say this, but maybe some of you are in a similar situation, and God wants you to be encouraged. Do it. I don't know if I can say it right. Sometimes it's a situation, well, my spouse has been a Christian longer than I have, and so they're a much better prayer person than I am, and I'm going to just stumble. Don't care. Just do it. Pray with your spouse. Pray with your kids. Number seven, participate in group prayer times. Ladies group, men's group. We call a prayer meeting at the church. Whatever it might be, participate in those. And then number eight, I mentioned this already, pray for others personally. You know, when they ask you to be praying for me this week, I got a doctor. Let's pray right now. You know, pray for others personally. Get into that habit. Ask if you can pray for somebody. I know today has been more of a teaching than a preaching. I understand that. But I just felt so strongly in my heart that if we can really grasp this and we can implement it into our lives, we'll not only be living out the scripture of pray without ceasing. But we'll be growing in our relationship with God. Now, I'd like to tell you that as I've been trying to practice this, and I've been trying to practice this for a long time now, I'm not perfect yet, that once you do that, all of a sudden you just really start sensing God's presence. I mean, it's almost like he's in the room and you can feel it. No, that's not true. Not any more so than any other time. I'd like to tell you that, you know what, boy, I just really experience these messages from God coming through so clearly all the time. I added that all the time because, you know what, you will experience that. Just don't expect every time you say something to God, it's almost like hearing an audible voice back. But I can tell you, it will draw you closer to your Heavenly Father. It will enrich your life. 
and you'll be able to walk in peace and joy because you're aware of the fact that God's with me. I mean, I know that to be true in my head, but I'm experiencing that because I'm always talking to him. And I'm seeing him at work in my life in response to what I say to him. Let's all stand together. This is, once again, one of those sermons where you can't just say, well, I'm going to pray a prayer right now, and all of a sudden I'm going to do it just right. You've got to just get out there and do it. Okay, you just got to get out there and do it. You got to take what you heard today and you got to make a decision. You know what? I want to learn and grow in this situation. It's going to take a while, but I want to learn and grow. So I'm going to start putting into practice. But as we get ready to wrap this all up, we're going to take time to pray for needs. So if our elders would like to come, our prayer team, if you're here, staff people, if you're here, would you please go ahead and come and stand down here? Because in just a moment, we're going to open this up. For if you would like someone to pray with you for yourself or for someone else about anything as the worship team leads us in some worship that opportunity is available but before we do that I just want to say this that you may be here you may be watching online or listening to this or watching it later you say but you know what I try to pray and there's a barrier there's a barrier between me and God I mean, literally, I just feel like there's a wall that is there. There's a number of reasons for that. Number one, sin is always a barrier. And if you are a Christian, you've repented of your sins in the past and surrendered your life to Christ, put your trust in Him, and you've got sin in your life you're not dealing with, that will cause a barrier, and you need to come to God in repentance. Ask God to forgive you and take the steps you need to take to get it out of your life if it's an ongoing habitual thing. If you're a Christian and you know everything's right between you and God and it seems like there's a barrier, it may just be that God's letting you go through a quiet time to teach you trust Him better. You just keep plugging on. Keep plugging on. And don't let the devil come lie to you and say, oh, there must be sin in your life. If there's sin in your life, if you're open to it, God will show you. So ask say, God, I don't know of any sin. Is there any sin in my life? Show me, because I, I want to get it out. I want to get it out. Okay. But the most important thing I want to deal with here is that they may feel like there's a barrier in your life because there is, because you're not a Christian. You might say, well, I, I think I am. I mean, I go to church. I give. I try to do right. I try not to do bad things. I pray. I read my Bible. You know, you can have a whole list of things you try to do, but if you've never come to God... To ask him to forgive you of your sins, that repentance of forgiving of your sins, and put your trust in Jesus, you don't know God as your father. I don't want to be mean or ugly, but that's just what God's word says. A lot of times people say, well, God is all of our father. No, the Bible never says that. The Bible said, says that God is our creator. God becomes our father when we trust in Jesus. And very simply, these are the truths. That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages, I'm quoting scripture here, and the wages of sin is death. Not just physical death, but spiritual death, separation from God. But it goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the prophets always said, Jesus said, John the Baptist said, Peter said, Paul talked about, we need to repent and believe. We repent of our sins. Say, God, I am a sinner. Would you please forgive me? And believe we put our trust in Jesus. Because what happened is Jesus, God himself, came to earth to live the perfect life we can't live. To die a death he didn't deserve. And his death paid the price for our sins. And so we put our trust in him rather than ourselves. So before we open this up to just have a time of prayer and then we're going to close, I just want to say, are you here today? Say, I need Jesus as my Savior. I need forgiveness. I want forgiveness for my sins. I want to ask God to forgive me, and I want to surrender my life to Jesus and put my trust in him. Become a believer. Become a Christian. Be saved. All these fancy spiritual words, but basically just commit my life to Christ. Say, that's me today. I need a Savior. Would you just slip your hand up? Because we want to pray for you. Say, yeah, but people might see me. We've all done it. We all need it. Anybody today say, I need Jesus as my Savior. I don't see any hands in this place, but you know what? There may be some people that are 
watching online or listening to this later. So can I just lead in a prayer? And as soon as I'm done, the worship team is going to begin to sing and I'm going to come down here. And if you need prayer, come. We'll pray with you in just a little bit. One of our staff pastors or myself will come back to close in prayer, okay? But if you need Jesus as your Savior, you're here and you didn't raise your hand, but it's like I should have, or you're watching online, just pray something like this. Say, God, I come to you today and I recognize that I am a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin and I ask that you please forgive me. I thank you that Jesus came, lived a perfect life, and died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. I believe in Jesus. God himself came to earth, died on the cross, was buried, and rose again to new life so that I could have forgiveness and a new life. So, Lord, forgive me. I surrender myself to you. I put my trust in Jesus. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come if you want prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask, Lord, that as we leave this place today, and we ask it exit these four walls, oh God, that you will go before us, be around us, beside us, oh God. Lord, help us to be a light in this dark world. Help us to reflect you everywhere we go. God, we pray that you will just continue to bless us, that your mercies be new to us every morning. God, we give you the honor, the glory, and the praise because it's all due to your name. Lord, help us to pray without ceasing in every moment and every hour. Let us not forget to give you praise. Let us not forget to be one-on-one with you, oh God. We thank you for the word that went forth this morning. And we say hallelujah. And we all say amen and amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Have a blessed week. We hope you've enjoyed listening to today's message or Bible study. For more information, please contact us at area code 352-347-3001 or visit us online. If you are interested in supporting this ministry, go to our website and click on the online giving tab. Our website address is www.marionoaksag.org. 